Hello, everyone, and welcome to AC23, your weekly tour of the arts and culture of the Capital Region. My name is Chancellor Zero Skidmore. I'm the Director of Community Engagement at the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge. My producer is the multi-talented Jeremy Porcine over here at iHeartMedia. This show wouldn't exist without their generosity. Thank you, thank you, thank you, iHeart. You can stream previous episodes of the show on our website, artsbr.org, or on Apple Podcasts, where you can subscribe and never miss an episode again. All right, y'all, it's Women's History Month. I have a, a quick little highlight. Uh, we are in the middle of Women's History Month, and I'd like to take a moment to recognize a legendary actress, Hedy Lamar. Hedwig Eva Maria Keisler was an Austrian-born American actress, inventor, and film producer. She appeared in 30 films over a 28-year career. She starred in films such as Algiers, Boomtown, Come Live With Me, The Conspirators, and many, many more. Becoming dismayed with being typecast, Lamar co-founded a new production studio and starred in its films, her greatest success being the film Samson and Delilah. At the beginning of World War II, Lamar and composer George Antheil developed a new method of frequency hopping, a technique for disguising radio transmissions by making the signal jump between different channels in a prearranged pattern. Their secret communication system was created to combat Nazis during World War II, but the Navy initially ignored their findings, not adopting their invention until 1957. Various spread spectrum techniques are incorporated into today's Bluetooth technology and are similar to methods used in legacy versions of Wi-Fi. Recognition of the value of that work resulted in Lamar being posthumously inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame in 2014. Hedy Lamar passed away on January 19th, the year 2000. So that's just amazing artists having these uh, scientific minds. It's beautiful. Hedy Lamar. All right. <laughs> Arts Council calendar highlight. I only have one for y'all this week. Uh, we're kicking off the Jazz Listening Room concert series on March 26th. 7.30 p.m. with the Michael Foster Quartet. Michael Foster is a Baton Rouge legend, master of the upright bass. He has always surrounded himself with world-class musicians to sit out front and shine, and this lineup is no different. You can expect some standards, some straight-ahead originals, and a little New Orleans traditional jazz because Mike likes to party. It's happening at Corum Hall out on the patio where social distance protocols will be respected. Don't forget that's March 26th, 7.30 p.m., Get tickets to all the jazz listening room concerts at artsbr.org. That's A-R-T-S-B-R dot org. All right. Today's guest is an accomplished conductor. He has led orchestra with films including Disney's Pixar in Concert, Disney Around the World. He has collaborated with numerous Broadway artists. He recently performed with American Idol finalists Haley Scornado, Matt Garrod, and Lakeisha Jones. As associate conductor and principal pops conductor of the Baton Rouge Symphony Orchestra, his recent collaborations include The Wicked Divas, Classical Mystery Tour, Spectrum Motown, Bravo Broadway, Cirque Musica, and Grammy Award-winning singer Diane Reeves. David Torrance, welcome to AC23. Thanks for having me. So happy to be here today. Yes, and I, I should say welcome back to AC23. You came on the show shortly after I took over as host, and um, we're back again. With this, this the Hollywood hits has come back around, right? That's right. Coming and, up. Yeah. March uh, 18th, 7.30 p.m. But before we get into that, I, I, I wanted to talk about you because I, I saw something on your bio. You started studying violin at the age of five. That's right. Yeah, as a kid. 
My five-year-old um, still puts his pants on backwards almost every time. <laughs> you say that. He says he has a 50% chance of getting it right, but he hardly right, ever does. Right, How did that happen? Was it something you wanted to do or was it something your parents decided? Um, it's kind of both. My father is a, um, a lifelong band director and mm. music educator. So I was already kind of surrounded by music to begin with. And um, I saw somebody, it sounds cliche, I saw, I saw somebody playing the violin on a park bench at my school. Mm. And now he's a famous violinist, actually. He became <laughs> a famous violinist. Wow. His name is David Chan. I'll never forget that because I saw him playing. And I think I just turned to my mom and said, hey, that's, I want to do that. Um, and, I, you know, string players in generally, they start early, yeah. really early. I mean, five is probably about average. Wow. Um, to start on an instrument like that. And, um, you know, I just t- started taking lessons and practicing and doing all the things you do. And then I, I wanted to play an orchestra. And after that, it's just like one, th- it's like some snowballs over the course of your, your life, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, uh, I, I know you're a conductor now, but do you ever get a chance to play still? Absolutely. I still have, um, I actually teach lessons. So I have private students still that come to me for lessons. And once in a while, like not, not very much anymore, honestly, do I get to play in the orchestra? But I will certainly play chamber music with my colleagues. So mm-hmm. they might ask me to come play something with them. And I, I love that. I mean, it's still, I think it's really important skill to have still as a conductor mm-hmm. because you always have to maintain that that sight from the musician's perspective and know what they need, what they don't need. Those yeah. are all important things. And you only do that if you can play the instrument and be amongst that crowd also. It's important. Well, I will imagine as conductor, though, you, you probably have studied various instruments. Uh, I get that. You know, I get that question a lot. I, in fact, I got it today. Somebody asked me because I was studying my music and it happens a lot like in Starbucks, right? They'll somebody come up, they'll see what I'm doing and they'll say, hey, are you composing? First of all, they ask me if I'm writing. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. But here's what I do. And then they say, well, do you play every instrument in the orchestra? And no, the fact is, no, I don't. But as a conductor, you have to have a, a very good, I would say, working knowledge of each instrument yeah. and, and more importantly, what, what it can and what it cannot do. Because these folks are professionals. They've been playing just like me at a young age. Their, their uh, skill I could never, for example, take somebody's flute and say, do it like this. <laughs> they, they have those skills. And so I, but I, what I do need to be able to do is communicate in their language to say, can you do this? And, and they figure out actually how to make that happen. Yeah. So it's, the, it's more like the language. You need to be able to know, again, what can they do and what can't they do? If I ask them to do something that's really impossible on the instrument, mm-hmm. then that, that shows that you don't really know, you know, that you have the knowledge that you need for for communicating what you want. And every instrument has its own range. They are all different ranges and timbers and techniques. And, uh, you know, the brass instruments have their own issues with transposition. I can get into it really scientifically, but I won't. (laughs) But you have to, I mean, you have to know those things in order to be successful in communicating, again, what you want and what what they can do. Well, people see you up there waving that baton keeping time. And, and, and I think for me, the very first time I saw uh, uh, an orchestra, I was like, well, what, why did they need that guy? I mean, they, they got, I was already playing music and they all have their music. They all can keep time. Why did, why did they need that? It was later that I learned, but for our audience, like why is the conductor important? Yeah. The conductor is important. Um, So first, of course, you see them waving their arms and what they are doing is, is setting the tempo. 
right? Yeah. You need to know how fast or how slow this music is going to go. And everyone is wondering, you know, you're in front of 80 people, right? <laughs> and they're all wondering, how is this going to go? Yeah. And you have that answer. So just on a very basic levels, how fast or how slow are we going to play this music? Right? That's like step one, very basic stuff. Yeah. After that, imagine this, you have 80 people and they all have an idea of how the piece I mean, they're all musicians too, right? Right, right. So they've got an idea of how they want to play this. And that's important as a conductor because, one, you need to listen to what they're going to offer you before you, like, lay down what you think is going to go. So it's not important how I think it's going to go. It's first, let me see how you think this is going to go, and then let me mold us this way and shape us this way. Yeah. So it becomes more collaborative. I mean, there used to be a day when conductors were very – you know, they laid down the law and this was, you know, that was very dictatorial, let's say. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. And I think those days are gone, long gone now, because it's so much more collaborative and you need to be open to everybody else's ideas in the room. But ultimately, you have to come in also with a vision. And the vision has to be so strong mm. that you can't think this can go any other way. It's like when you, when you get directions to a, to a, a restaurant. And, and Google Maps gives you three different routes, right? <laughs> but you are convinced of the one that you've you got to pick one. you got to commit you gotta to one. You've got to pick one. And then that's the way you're going. No matter if she tells you to go left, you might ignore that. And it, you know what I mean? You're just so convinced that that's the way that you have to go. Yeah. So you have to steer that ship in the right direction and then convince them, cajole them, inspire them, all these things to get them to go with you. You have to convince them that your way is also valid. Yeah. You know, so um, the role is one of coach, one of inspiration, psychologist, because you've got all these folks. Again, they need to they need to communicate to each other. You are um, there's different personalities in the room. Right. I mean, it's, it's like it's a big team and it's it's a lot like a coach in a way. Uh, you know, they have to do the same thing. They have to get their team together. Yeah. And so conducting is a lot like that, I think. It's you're, it's such a great model for leadership. It is. It, I mean, well, the, you know, especially the listening part, because I feel like we, a lot of people's idea of a great leader is just that part about having vision. Right. It's not that part about listening. And and you should be teaching leadership workshops for businesses. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because there are conductors out there that do these workshops for businesses and CEOs and yeah. their employees or leadership team. And they have to come in and conduct a small orchestra. Oh, that's beautiful. And it just, yeah, it transfers right over. It's amazing because the once they start saying, hey, if you listen to what your employees are telling you, guess what? You know, then all of a sudden it just opens up new worlds, right? So, yeah, yeah, it's, it crosses over a lot. There's, there, it does exist that those classes exist. Well, I, I, you know, I always tell people uh, when teaching literature or, or music, you know, so much of what we learn as artists is, is listening. Especially in music, you know, writing poetry and anything like that. Uh, you see a small band, you're, you're making eye contact with each other. They're listening to each other. But with 80 people, they need a point man. Yeah. And you <laughs> they, know what's funny about that? They can't look around and see each other all the time. A right? lot of it is, is subjective because if I showed you a picture of a blue, of a blue sky yeah. and I say, what color do you think this is? You'd be like, light blue. And the guy next to you might say, dark blue. Yeah. It's, you're going to get 80 different opinions of what that blue is. Yeah. And you have to... Con- how, how do I gather all that and make it into my opinion of what that blue is and convince <laughs> you that mine, that mine is valid too, you know? That's beautiful. Yeah, it's interesting. It is. Uh, so Hollywood Hits, uh, yes. March 18th, 7.30 p.m. So I, I was looking on your website. 
there were the icons for the movies, right? I saw Star Wars, Harry Potter, The Godfather, E.T. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, 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 I had you on here last year. I kind of know what to expect when I saw those those icons, but I'm also thinking of like these these other movies, some of my favorite like symphonic pieces from music. So, yes or no, Rocky. Well, okay, there will be a touch of Rocky a in touch. there because John Williams wrote this thing for the Oscars. I think I think it was 2004, maybe. Mm-hmm. He wrote a piece that kind of like was a tribute to all his favorite people, ah. and so it's called literally tribute to the film composer. And, Bill, and Bill Rocky, Conti. yeah, Rocky is in there for like <laughs> six measures, you know. So it's like it's a bunch of films kind of strung together. So yeah, he puts it in there. Oh, beautiful. What about James Bond? No James Bond this one on this oh, one. Man, uh, Austin Powers. No. <laughs> that's not there. Soul Bossa Nova. I love it. Yeah. Uh, the Wiz. No. 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 None yet. None yet. The Mandalorian. Not yet. I love. But that, that is the newest, right? Those are the newest. That's uh, my ringtone uh, for everybody. Is the Mandalorian? Yeah, right I noticed the music to that when I was been watching it. So I've noticed that music. Yes. Yeah. I, I love it. Uh, Conan the Barbarian. That's my childhood. Interesting. I'm gonna have to listen to that one. It's yes. not on this particular oh, concert. And. I don't know. I just wrote Purple Rain because I just... Yeah, why not? I'm a big Prince fan. Yeah. Uh, and so, but definitely Harry Potter, Godfather, E.T., Indiana Jones, anything new? Yes. So we're doing Over the Rainbow. Mm. Okay. And this is an arrangement by Skitch Henderson, who was the founder of the New York Pops. And he it's going to feature our principal trumpet, Brian Shaw. Everybody oh, knows Brian. Everybody knows Brian, yeah. He's a fabulous player, and so he's going to get to solo with Some Over the Rainbow, so I know he's going to do a beautiful job on that. And then we're going to do a solo featuring our concert master, Borislava Ilcheva, mm. on Cinema Paradiso by Andrea Morricone. So, and Ennio and, and, and Morricone, who actually recently passed away. And I was reading his bio the other night, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal. Worked with everybody. And a lot of times these composers, if you don't know their names, you just don't know because they're behind the scenes making that magic happen. Right. And they don't get to the forefront sometimes. But he's got all the awards you can possibly win. And if if you have not seen Cinema Paradiso, the music is absolutely lush and romantic. And Boroslava is going to get to play uh, solo violin with us on that. Beautiful. So that's new for us. Um, Star Trek Into Darkness is ah. fantastic. This the composer uh, Michael Giacchino, okay. right? He's doing all the new uh, Star Trek music, yeah. so I'm loving that. It's and he, and he he did a tribute, of course, to the original, right? Mm-hmm. Jerry Goldsmith. He did the he did the uh, um, a tribute to that, but he's also put his own touch on it, oh, and beautiful. it's it's fantastic. Yeah, I love Star Trek. I'm a big Star Trek fan. Yeah, and then of course, I mean, you can't you can't ignore John Williams. So at least four pieces on here are John Williams. I mean, he's just got the you know he's got the the monopoly on the corner of the block, right? For right. for film music, so for real. I mean, it's 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 just it you know it's immersive. It, it takes you into the film uh, much more. Um, so physical tickets are sold out. Yeah. So. But because we're in the phase of, that we're in, right? Yeah. We're, we're we're limited on our capacity, so I think it's at like three hundred or two fifty or something like that. Right. So, but yeah, I mean that sold out in like probably overnight. I mean it was just <laughs> gone, right? So now you can just buy virtual. But you guys got state of the art audio visual <laughs> experiences happening. We've Tell us had, a little bit about that. Yeah, we've had an amazing um, experience with our virtual uh, concert experience. So HD camera work. Um, multiple shots. You'll mm-hmm. get to see soloists up close. It, it comes on to me sometimes. It backs away and does the whole orchestra sometimes. Then it's mixed separately in the audio. And so if you are listening to it, you want to broadcast it either like on your surround sound at home mm-hmm. 
you might want to watch it with headphones on because it's a whole different experience. I've watched yeah. it on my laptop a couple times and I thought, oh, this is pretty good. And then I put my <laughs> headphones on. I'm like, oh, this is what it's really mixed for right yes. here. Yes. So if you've got the good speakers, you want to you know, stream it to that. Don't try not to do it just through your television speakers yeah. uh, or, or laptop speakers. It's just not going to give you what, you're what missing you think. Out. Yeah, you're missing out on something. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so are there any themes from movies or TV shows that you think maybe like in the next five years are going to be iconic? Like, what are you, what are you hearing out there now that, uh, that you, that you really like, but might be too new to be considered a classic? Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, obviously the whole new, the, the popular movies that are already there, the new Star Wars things, they're going to catch on more, but it's hard mm -hmm. to beat the original, right? Because everybody knows those themes and he did yeah. incorporate those themes into the, the other Star Wars movies and he touched on them and but like you know Ray's got a new theme and so that's what I like about those is because he assigns those themes to those people just like in the Mandalorian it's got that um it's like it's almost like a recorder sound when mm, it when, is a recorder right so yeah. when you see the Mandalorian you know that his theme you know his theme now if okay. you've been watching the series yeah television's a little harder because you know it comes and goes so fast movies yeah. are a little bit more forever so it depends on what um what's coming out obviously Michael Giacchino is writing a lot of stuff right now um, Hans Zimmer and all those people are still around. So it's mm -hmm. like, who knows what's going to come out, especially in this pandemic period. We haven't seen many movies coming out. Yeah. So it's been like a year off, right? Who, who knows what's going to be released? I don't know. So What about a movie like, like, so one of my favorite movies of all time is Amadeus. Yeah, absolutely. And so like, how would that be considered? You guys probably play that stuff when it's not Hollywood hits, right? Exactly. And so, like, exactly. Would you avoid that even though it's a classic movie? I don't think we would avoid it. Um, you know, there's there are shows now where you can play the music to the live film, mm -hmm. like Pixar in concert, for example, that you mentioned. Yeah, they string together about 15 Pixar movies, and we do. You kind of get, you get the whole movie experience, but wrapped up in about six minutes. That makes sense. So <laughs> yeah. you know, we could play the whole score real quick to Ratatouille. And, and it goes through, <laughs> and you get you get the visuals and everything. It's it's amazing. So, but now they have full blown. Uh, movies that the orchestra is underneath the screen playing the whole soundtrack. So it depends on what we want to do. But Amadeus, I think, is one of them. And of course, it's all the story of Mozart, right? So right. it's all his music. Um, and we would be playing that. In fact, we just did an all Mozart concert maybe three weeks ago. Wow. So, you know, it's, it's, it's right on the, it's, it's certainly relevant with the times. Yes. Oh, no, it's uh, timeless. And I mean, um, Again, if you're just talking about a classic movie, just, I mean, amazing performances, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Salieri. Uh, I know it's, it's uh, hard to know how much of that story is really, really, really true. I but, read an but ar yeah, I read an article. Nevertheless, about that. nevertheless, know, it's, it's a great if, if piece Mozart, of fiction. If yeah, whatever part of fiction it is, it's, if Mozart it's, was really like that, it would be a really interesting guy to meet, right? I mean, yeah, <laughs> certainly. He was a rock star. A rock star. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. So this sounds like a show that would be great to get your kids to yes. sit at home and watch. Absolutely. It's, it's so family friendly. And again, they're going to know all the movies, you know, the Harry Potter, two movements from Star Wars. We're going to do Princess Leia's theme and Yoda's theme, which are two of my favorite from mm. that from that suite. Um, they will know Raiders of the Lost Ark, maybe the Indiana Jones theme. Um, and then, of course, you want to introduce them to some new things like Cinema Paradiso is a classic. That's an old, old movie. And yeah. so why not? You know, why not uh, um, have ex expose them to some new music? There'll be a little bit of Godfather in there. Oh. We're touching on a lot of films. We're touching on a lot of films. And, that's, um, that's great. I, it's 
it just sounds like such a good time. So what's next after Hollywood hits? After that, we're coming close to our season finale. And so we had planned on trying to do Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, right? Because our mm-hmm. maestro Timothy Muffet is is um, is retiring from here. So we were getting ready to celebrate him in a big gala, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, the, as everyone COVID. knows, the yeah COVID hit. And so that's changed our plans a bit, but we're still going to have a season finale. And so I think the repertoire is going to change just a little bit, but that's what's literally up next for us is our final concert for the season. And then we may have some things going on in the summer. We're, we're working on that right now. Some summer pops, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. So that would be exciting. Um, so there's are, always are t- something like on the planning board, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are tickets opened up yet for that next show? I know like people might be wanting to come experience it physically this one is already fit the physical tickets are already sold out that's a good question i I, i'm not sure about the answer to that i think that um and again it probably depends again on the phase that we're in i don't know if the phase will change by then if it opens up even more then we can Mm, have more people there there. and and we of course we want our audience there no matter we want them there definitely so well awesome well thank you so much for coming on the show david again uh it's hollywood hits y'all march 18th 7 30 p.m Get your virtual tickets right now. Uh, those can't sell out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, state-of-the-art audiovisual experience, some of your favorite music of all time. Uh, this music becomes a part of our lives. Uh, and so I think that this is really a great time, as you said, to expose our young people to some new music or to expose them to symphonic music in general because a lot of so many of our young people have never had that experience. Yeah, you know, we've woven a thread of this concert of heroes and I think right now what's more relevant than a hero? Everybody needs a hero right now and this yeah. music all is featuring heroes. So I love it and um, I invite you don't be don't be shy away from the virtual experience. It's still a wonderful experience. And we want you to join us. We can't wait to embrace our audience with our music again. So we're just we're on pins and needles waiting for that to happen. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on AC23. Hope to have you back real soon. Me too. Thanks so much. All right. Everybody else out there listening, this is Chancellor Zero Skidmore, and I'll see y'all at a show. Peace. Peace.